Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there and welcome to another workout for you to row along to where I row a rowing workout, funnily enough, on my machine and you do the same one on yours at the same time as me following my stroke rate, hopefully heeding my pacing advice and I'll talk to you about training ideas and technique and my love of Van Halen and stuff just to kind of keep you interested for the duration of the row. Now today we're going to do three 12 minute intervals with two and a half minutes rest in between each and these 12 minute intervals are going to be nice low intensity rows okay this is especially important if you are rowing today's workout as part of the 1k plan because week two session one was I hope you'll agree a rather spicy workout so today is going to be a recovery after that spicy workout because week two session three is then going to be another tough workout so you need to kind of just let yourself recover so you're ready for the next session but of course you don't want to take a complete break so you just back off the intensity let your body recharge work on technique build up your core fitness and get ready for that tough row okay so that's the point of why this plan has max intensity and low intensity rows alternating as we get through all right which means that the pace I am suggesting that you do these 12 minute intervals at is 2k plus 20 ish and at 18 strokes per minute now I really want you to try and keep that pace slow okay stay on the back end let your body recover don't push this one all right I'll explain why in the main session but but we need to get into a four minute warm up before we can get anywhere near that. And before we can even get near that warm up, we have to set up our machine. Now, in a concept two, that means going to drag factor first and setting that to where you want it to be. If you don't know about drag factor, I have a video here on this channel. If you know how to set it, but you don't know where to set it, I'd recommend just run about 130 for the time being. If you know nothing about it at all, then just set that lever between four and five. Too low isn't a problem. Too high is where things can get a little bit risky in terms of uh, your technique, injury and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you're not on a Concept 2, just set the resistance, you get a nice fluid feel from the stroke and you're not having to fight against it, right? Next up, go to your monitor and set it to eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down. And finally, if you're able to set this, the height of your foot stretchers, set them to a height where you can come to the front of the machine vertically. It's what? <laughs> with your shins pointing vertically. You don't want to come to the front of the machine vertically? That would be weird. Come to the front of the machine with your shins pointing vertically. Oh, I was thinking about something else as I was talking to you. Um, if you're set too high, you might not be able to quite get there comfortably. If you're set too low, you might go scooting straight past. Um, and remember, Remember the kind of footwear you're wearing, it can change. I mean, I'm only at one hole sh showing right now because I'm in these Nike Zooms, which usually I'm like two or three holes showing. So hmm. um, they must just have lots of rubber at the back of them or whatever shoes are made out of. Right, let's get into some rowing here. Let's stop talking to you. Here we go then. So 20 strokes a minute-ish for this warm-up. And I just want you to think about enough of a push from your feet that you can connect the power to your hand to your hand in the handle, and then we'll increase pace. Alright, so for the time being, it's just about connection. So here we go in three, two, one, let's go. So you just want to put in enough of a push that you can hear a whoosh or a whine or a splash or whatever as you push those feet into the machine. And you want to concentrate on that sensation as your hands brace 
against the power or resistance, whatever you want to call it, from your machine. So just take a moment to think, as you push your feet, is that when your arms are bracing? Because if you push too soon, with your feet before your hands connect, your backside ends up next door. Or if you pull too soon, like this, then you bend your arms and you just can't quite get that powerful push from your legs. Whereas if you keep your arms nice and straight as you come forwards, tilt your upper body over your hips towards the front of the machine and then concentrate on that timing hold the forward lean and straight arms as you push your feet then that connection should be a lot stronger and you should feel and hear more like the sound of your flywheel or water wheel accelerating as you surge that power in there. Right, two more. One more. And then let's take one foot out. Put it on the ground. Continue rowing with the other foot still strapped in. Now this is just a way to just put a little bit of emphasis on your legs. Just having one working. Opens up your hips a little bit. Gives you a chance to focus on that push from the leg that's in. Okay, let's unstrap that one. Put the other one back in. Continue rowing. Don't have to worry about strapping yourself back in quite yet. Take a look here and see if there's a huge difference in power at the same stroke rate and the same kind of perceived effort. If you're like 15 seconds different, that's an issue. Like five, maybe not quite as much. Let's put both feet back in, legs straight, and just roll with your back and arms. So you swing over your back first to pick up that kind of brace power from the machine. And then you pull in your arms. And then you release your arms and then swing. If you can think about that release and the swing, it will help your fluidity of your rowing to no end. One more here. And as we roll forwards, tighten up your straps, arms straight, forward tilt, and just push out with your legs. Hold this forward tilt and straight arms, please. And get used to pushing out your legs while still holding this forward tilt. Okay, it'll help you work on that connection timing at the front, but it'll also help you get that power into the machine properly and in sequence. And that is us done with the four minute warm up. Woohoo! But we've still got a main session to go, so keep moving up and down the rail, have a quick drink. I'll explain one more time what we're doing and then we'll get into today's main session. 
Okay then, so today's session is going to be three 12 minute intervals with two and a half minutes rest in between. And we're going to row them at 18 strokes a minute and your pace is going to be round about 2k plus 20, which from an effort level point of view is kind of five out of 10 or slightly less. Okay, I want you to be on the slower end of pace today. Okay, I don't want you to increase the intensity and start to turn this into a bit of a slog of a workout. This is just meant to be nice, low recovery. Let yourself get ready for week two, session three, if you're on the 1K plan or whatever row you have next, if it's an intense one, all right? So let's get into this. There's no point in me talking about stuff when we've got 36 minutes worth of rowing ahead of us, plus rests, lovely. So 18 strokes a minute, follow me for stroke rate. If you uh, are a little bit ooh, about holding rate at 18, you can either watch me on the video or listen to me on the podcast with the wish of my flywheel should be enough to kind of get you kind of close and then you can just lock into it, all right? Here we go, in three, two, one, let's go. 18 is a little bit awkward for a stroke rate, especially if you're not used to rowing at low rates because 18's just that little bit, it feels just that little bit too slow if you're not used to it. 20, I think, can still feel quite fluid, I suppose, but 18 is when it can become a little bit awkward. And this is where I start to see people kind of, what's the right word for it? Choking up their technique to try and fit in the longer time it takes at 3.3333333 seconds per stroke 3.3 recurring I do like a recurring uh, fraction or whatever you want to call it a decimal or division there's something quite nice about it thinking about all those threes going on for infinity. 3.3333333333. So, sorry. <laughs> I, you know what? There was like a couple of seconds of pause there where I promised my brain started to kind of drift and think about pi. Not nom 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 pi. But the 3.14 blah 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 pie and how that goes on forever <laughs> anyway sorry so pace is the first thing to quickly just talk about here and then I can get into other bits might as well let your body get a little bit more warm before we start talking technique and things so The pace guide for this, I've said, is 2K plus 20. Which, if you've never really come across 2K pacing, I do have a description in this, well, in all my videos, of what it is and how to calculate it. But basically, you roll a two kilometre time trial, divide the resulting time by four. And that gives you your average pace to row 500 meters 
in your 2K time trial. Assuming, of course, you've gone all out in that 2K, then that's kind of a benchmark point for what you're capable of in that 2K. And then you can adjust your intensity when rowing by giving a figure slower or faster than your 2K training pace. So today we're at 2K plus 20, although to be fair, I'm hovering to down to 2K plus 22 quite a lot today. But 2K plus 20 then just means 20 seconds slower your 2k average and it's not I mean it's not a rock solid method for everybody the people who have a 2k time of or 2k average of two and a half minutes and slower, you'll probably find it'll be a little bit <coughs> shaky as to your intensity, whether it feels too hard or too easy, but then it's just down to you to knock off a couple of seconds so that when I say it's meant to feel like a nice easy workout you slow down if you need to to make sure it feels like a four or five out of ten intensity whereas those folks who are rowing closer to one minute 30 average like getting close to that six minute for a 2k then Oftentimes, 2K plus 20 is also too fast. So if you're 150 splits and it's meant to be a low intensity recovery row, you might want to back off a couple of seconds. However, kind of 90% of the time, it works fine and to be honest it's these low intensity sessions where it matters most because usually the top maximum intensity stuff I just bit my tongue thing maximum <laughs> the maximum <laughs> ow <laughs> the maximum that's better intensity stuff tends to be go at this pace or faster so I'll say 2k pace or faster or 2k plus 5 or faster or 2k minus 5 or faster and it's just about fitting in everything that your body can manage so there isn't really a pace guide for it but these slow ones there is because it's so important 
to keep the intensity down especially like I said when it comes to this being a recovery row between session one and session three of the two sorry of the 1k plan which is why I'm quite happy that even though I said pace should be around about 2k plus 20 I'm quite happy that I'm down at plus 22 because I know that this is still giving me a good core fitness workout it's still giving me a chance to think about technique but I'm not in danger of either robbing myself of a chance to recover after yesterday's tough row or am I stealing fuel, energy, power from my body that I am going to need for tomorrow's row and that's really the balance that you have to be very disciplined to hit if you want to succeed in a training plan like this is making sure you give yourself the room to go fast so if I was to go too fast on this one and feel my energy stores dripping away when it comes to tomorrow's row I may not have recovered to 100% energy and available power and it's in tomorrow's row or the next one the power one that is where your speed and your ability to hold that speed comes from so if you want to be able to improve you need to be able to enter the power sessions on this plan with a full tank of gas so that you can row at 100% power through the session and give it your all so if I say row at 1k pace for 10 intervals like we did yesterday you need to be able to get to that 1k pace and row them all without it being that you have to slow down because you've stolen fuel by pushing this row too hard like a broken record so if I say 1k pace and then you're like oh man I'm beat I'm starting to feel quite worn down on this plan I'm not going to be able to manage 1k pace 
I'm gonna have to row 1k plus 3 in order to get to the end of the session. You're not building anything. You're not increasing your pace. You're not increasing your capacity to be able to hold that pace. You're just swimming through the treacle of the lack of power or fuel that your body is left with. You've got sludge in your tank, that's what I'm trying to say, instead of power. So keep the pace nice and easy on this one. Let your body recover, but still get through a good chunk of meters. Last stroke here. Right. So, just as a, an idea, what did it come out as? 63. So, I was meant, well, if that was 2K plus 20 pace, for me, I would have rode that at 205 per 500 meters. My average for that was just over 207.3. So two seconds average slower through the 12 minutes. Now, you can tell I'm still out of breath. Part of that's because I've didn't shut my mouth once from talking to you the entire time. <laughs> uh, so there's definitely a slight increase from me versus you because I'm talking through it. Um, however, it's still, I rode 2,828 meters in those 12 minutes. So I put in almost 3,000 meters into my legs from rowing at 18 strokes a minute, which is a low rate, which means you have to get that kind of push up from your legs and you have to get the, the stroke rate right because it's not about a high stroke rate carrying you through uh, your pace, it's about putting in power. So I was two seconds off what the my kind of baseline, if you want to call it that, um, pace guide was for this. But I've still got a great workout and as being we're going to go through two more of these intervals then I know that this is the right thing to do. I'm going to go back into the next one and see what my body naturally wants to do. Um, if it wants to still hover around about that 207, I'm just going to carry on that way because it's obviously just how I'm feeling after really pushing it yesterday and the increases I managed yesterday. And that's what we want from session three is that we want to be able to go into that and increase our performance because we're giving ourselves the room to do that by building ourselves up and recovering through a session like today. Have a drink. Which is also one of the reasons why there's the two and a half minute rests. Usually, I mean, an 18 strokes a minute, 36 minutes, you should be able to just do that straight. You shouldn't need the rests, but I'm, I've put in these two and a half minutes so that your heart rate can come right down, you can recover so you're not pushing yourself, so you're not overtaxing your body. This is a recovery row. And that's the last thing I'm gonna say about that stuff. 10 seconds to go until the next interval, exactly the same thing, but I will talk about something new, don't worry. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Ah, but I will talk about technique because with the four minute warm up and 12 minutes already in your legs, I'm really hoping that your body is nice and warm and ready for just another smooth 
12 minutes. Try and hold whatever pace you managed in the last interval. But the key there was smooth, okay? That's what the thing about rowing is. Even on the rowing machine, I mean, the, the thing about a rowing machine is there's loads of things that you can set up for your own personal preference or that you can do from a technique point of view that you think, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. Stuff that if you were in a boat would be a problem. Like a poor technique in terms of how you get the power in or what you're doing with the handle or the rhythm and fluid feeling on the boat if you're all yanky and jerky it's going to cause a problem on the boat possibly you could capsize if you are kind of person who rows and finishes right back with the handle up in their neck it's a good chance you could destabilize the boat however no concept too you don't have to worry about that and so that can kind of reinforce bad habits especially when you see on the screen in front of you numbers that you're not particularly upset with so say you climb on and you row 500 meters at full pelt at like 135 pace you'll be like well I'm not gonna get much faster than that so why should I change my technique and what it comes down to is that if you can row 135 with a poor technique there's a good chance that you can row under 130 with a good technique so power and speed is definitely part of it and what I mean usually by a bad technique is the people who swing the back too soon and really pull on the handle this is what you'll see in gyms more often than not and actually I'm rowing at the same pace as I was before if not a tiny bit faster because I'm squeezing as much power out of my arms as I can to keep the pace up I'm going to go back to normal now but by not using my legs not using my back I'm missing out on a lot of power or efficiency so if I was to go for power strokes pushing with my legs 
swinging over my back. Just three of them. I'm 10 seconds faster than I was managing just by pulling really hard with my arms. So there's the added power that you can get by having a better technique, but also efficiency by using my legs and my back as well as my arms to row at the same pace as when I was pretty much just using arm power I'm spreading the loads and it's a much less intense feeling when I row so that means I can row for longer so I can either go faster or longer or with a good technique I can do both I can go faster for longer <laughs> so that's why even though from a stability point of view technique is still very important on the rowing machine and that just looking at the monitor and convincing yourself that I'm rowing fast anyway why do I need to change? it's a bit of a well you're just cheating yourself out of potential think of it as a ladder that you're climbing if you have a arms or mostly arms only technique you're not really connecting the legs and the back and it's all just about your big bulging biceps that ladder is only going to reach so far you'll hit like a terminal velocity where either the muscle power you have in your legs just can't give you oh sorry what am I saying arms not legs the muscle power you have in your arms is maxed out and you can't really give anymore even if you spent days doing a seated row on the cable machine you're not really gonna get any more than one or two seconds more with just a pull on the rowing machine so that ladder that progression ladder is only going to reach so far however if you think about pushing with your legs having that forwards tilt swinging your back when your legs are about halfway done and then adding in that arm pull it'll be like one of those extendable ladders each body part that you add in here 
gives you an extra few rungs on your ladder or lets you jump onto an entirely different, bigger, longer ladder which will let your improvements grow and grow because now you've got power from your whole body and you've got efficiency because you're using your whole body I do feel on these long slow rows I get very lectury and ranty about these two things about keeping your pace at a low intensity in order to let your body recharge but also about the importance of technique but from the point of view of not fooling yourself into thinking that just because you're fast you don't need a good technique I mean the two minutes to get this little bit in so can't go on too much but in previous videos you may have heard me talk about training for high rocks it's kind of like a crossfit style competition which has running rowing ski erg and a bunch of functional fitness stuff in it too and the more I look at videos of other people competing and I see their row it's like a 1k row but this is like almost halfway through the event you've already ran 3k skied 1k done a sled push and a sled pull so you are tired and then you've got to give a 1k as fast as you can on the rowing machine and all I see is guys pulling with their arms and not using their legs and back and part of that's going to be because the legs are taking a beating being halfway through the event but you can still engage the legs and then use your back to add in power and then the arms and that will be a much more efficient use of your body so you'll still be able to row the 1k the same speed you normally do but instead of coming off the machine unable to lift your arms because you've done it all by pulling you'll be able to climb off and just get straight in to the next run a lot more well a lot less fatigued sorry I didn't do a countdown for the end of that but hopefully hopefully you knew if you didn't then stop <laughs> uh, yeah so I made a video about a couple of guys uh, high rocks guys looking at their technique 
and how they do kind of come back and then they swing the back to that vertical position push kind of with their legs but you can tell it's all about that pull and because these are kind of crossfit style guys their upper bodies are huge so they can do like a 321 k just by pulling with their arms but there's one i made of internet sensation mark davis uh his one and you can see when he's done with his 1k row he can't move his arms he's completely gone he's got nothing in them and fair enough he's got 1k run coming up next that he doesn't need his arms for but it in terms of his fatigue overall fatigue just because it's only his arms that have gone his body is a, his cardio system as a whole because everything's come from his arms is going to be so much more exhausted than if he used if he kind of meted it out between his arms his legs and his back for the same pace so start your first few strokes with arms only for sure but then as you get into the swing and the flywheel gets up into speed for those high rocks one case then you, you really make sure and get that proper technique in there to keep that power topped up is my advice have a drink That, then, was rant number two. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> this is possibly the danger of not actually scripting the things that I talk about, is that it's pretty much just the stuff that pops into my head while I'm in the middle of a row. And so <laughs> it means that I do tend to sometimes, like today, grab on <laughs> like, like, a, like a hawk's talons and just not let go of something and... I did not intend to speak for 12 minutes just about the importance of technique. I intended to actually talk what the technique should be. So let's cover that in the next interval at least. It's a bit late, but hopefully if you've developed any bad habits over the last two intervals, then this will kind of hopefully smooth you out. Okay, six seconds to go until this third and final interval. Three, two, one, go. And try and keep this one still at the same average pace is the last two so i was i can't, I can't quite see yeah i think i was 207.2 average in both of those so i'll just aim for that again i'm a little bit slow right now but that's because i was looking down so i'll just try and hover around that 2k plus 22 still heart rates kind of first one I was ended at 63% second one I was at 70% so from a heart rate training point of view even though that's not really how I'm gauging intensity I'm also kind of hitting that UT2 zone by keeping the pace down I don't really do heart rate based training, it's a little bit, it's certainly trickier when it comes to trying to do it as a row along, not only because not everybody has a heart rate monitor. So technique, come on, we're almost two minutes into this and you still haven't talked about it. So remember in the warm up the main thing I said was straight arms out in front of you and uh, tilt over your hips 
so that you are leaning towards the front of the machine as you come forwards and then you slide forwards far enough for your shins to point vertically you don't really want to go past vertical because that's where power leaks can set in and you do want to try to get to vertical because otherwise you're missing potential leg power that vertical position is the ideal position now if you find that in order to get your shins vertical your heels are coming way off the foot plates and I'm meaning so they're almost parallel to the floor then the two things or three things to look at in order are foot plate height do you have your feet set too high in the foot plates that changes the angle of your hips to your ankles and your knee as you come forwards and can cause that large heel rise in which case lower them by at least one hole good guide is that the strap comes over the bottom lace of your shoe it could be poor flexibility in your ankles in which case try and work on your flexibility and you can do that by first off getting your feet set right in the foot plates but then in between rows I don't do this as a while you're actually rowing but slide forwards as far as you get to when you're normally rowing maybe get a friend to watch you rowing normally and then stop you and then put a post-it note on the rail and then as you row your intention is to try and hit that post-it note and you'll feel a little click every time you roll over it so you want to be able to get that click a few times but then try to roll forwards I put one foot in the ground roll forwards until your other foot or sorry till your shin that is in is pointing vertically and now put a poster on the rail in front of the roller at that point and that's what you're aiming for and so if you want you can put a post-it in between those two points so what you'll feel is one click as you pass the first post-it note of where you can currently get to and then the second click when you manage to just compress a little bit more 
and hit the second one. And then the point is to move that second one. Eventually you can get rid of the first one, the how far you can currently go. But you move the second one closer to your goal point. Just bit by bit over a series of rows. Increase your flexibility. And eventually you'll be able to get to that point of the vertical shins. However, there's one more big thing, and that's posture. It's important, remember I said, tilt over your hips as you come forwards. That is so that you have a good, powerful posture as you come forwards to the front of the machine. Because if you just round your lower back, and try and come in, what happens is you overslide in order to try and get there. And your heels come miles off the footplate. Because again, the angles of your hips, knee and ankle. So if you feel that your tailbone is tucked underneath you, as you come forwards, try to sit up. A nice, powerful posture as you come forwards. And hold that posture as you drive out from the front with that forward lean and straight arms. Then, once your legs are round about halfway through their drive, that is the point to swing your back from the forwards tilt to the backwards tilt. And right as you start that swing, that's when you add in the arm pull, finally. And you get to the back of the machine, legs are down, back has finished into a 11 o'clock lean, and your handle is at sternum height, okay? So again, you don't want to finish up in your chin, nor do you want to just dump it into your lap. Nice and powerful at sternum height. It'll help to think about keeping your wrists flat as you do so. Because if you roll up, you lose power. If you roll down, you lose power. If you come straight through, you engage your back muscles and you're able to stay connected and keep that power through the handle from start to finish. So start, finish. It's only when the handle finally touches my 
heart rate monitor on my chest that the power stops going into the machine and then I just let the handle come away at the same pace I pulled it in at and then as it comes away that triggers my forward lean so that at the point when my hands are past my knees and I lean forwards all I have to do is bend my knees to slide hope that makes sense so I'm not sliding the whole time into the recovery Ooh. I'm hands back knees so actually seat slide itself is quite quick but my recovery as a whole is very slow <laughs> I think I'm one stroke behind from all of those demonstrations so apologies if we went slightly out of sync for the past 45 seconds right and the last thing is just to say don't use the foot straps to pull yourself forwards get your legs down at the back of the stroke point your toes to the front of the machine and then use the arms away and that forward rock to give you the momentum so that when your knees bend you come forwards whoosh and we're all done now a good routine to do for to practice not using the foot straps is to take your feet out of the foot straps which I will do in the cool down but if you've never done it before what I recommend is really just loosen off the straps right off okay so you're still effectively out of the straps but if you get it wrong and you're about to fall off the back you can quickly flick your toes against the strap so here we go I'm just going to load in a two minute cool down using there we go two minute cool down standalone using the Ergzona app if you if you haven't found either the Ergzone app or the Rollong track then download the app go to the discover tab at the bottom type in Rollong you'll find all of my workouts and under the bookmarks or sorry under sorry it's my bookmarks isn't it under the bookmark these label you'll find my warm up and my cool downs okay so that you can quickly get to them and then all of the, the main sessions are then loaded in there well everything since 2020 I think so right two minute cool down I'm going to do this with my feet out the straps I run about 20 strokes a minute but the effort's still only going to be about five four or five out of ten okay nice and low and slow in three two one let's go so I'll just continue chatting technique just in case you're interested in what's going on here but the leg drive comes all the way down at the back so I've got a soft lock with my knees I'm not completely not locked just a soft lock 
and then I'm pointing my toes towards the front of the machine and that really kind of helps me to concentrate on keeping that connection to the end and then because I've got that posture I'm not saying it's the best posture but I have at least not a totally slumped posture at the back then all I have to do is put the handle away and tilt over my hips and that's the forwards momentum that gets created so that all I have to do is bend my knees to continue that momentum running towards the front of the machine so hands, back, knees but you can see I'm not moving my knees for ages on the recovery yet the handle that's smoothly running back like it's on a conveyor belt now some people will say you should still hold the handle the handle and then come forwards I think that's good for a focus drill but I think keeping the handle fluid and moving but making sure it's handle, back, knees is the way to go last stroke of the cooldown there we go so a very, for me, low intensity workout but heart rate's still up I'm still sweaty I know I got a good prep workout ready for tomorrow so I can then go hard on it had I gone the other way and instead of going that 2k plus 20 instead of slowing down by 2 seconds if I just sped up by 2 seconds I would have been nibbling away at that power the fuel in my body and then I wouldn't have that or possibly wouldn't have that ready for session 3 which I want to be able to just go as hard as I can in order to get the result and build my power and build my ability to hold that power for a duration there's no point it's easy pushing that session fast but you're not going to get anything out of it that's all I'm saying right let's get to some stretching if you've not already turned me off and gone into the, sh into the shower anyway then uh, make sure to at least uh, stretch your quads and your hamstrings um, don't do it in the shower don't want you to slip and fall over or stretchy John just appeared in top corner and he'll take you through a very guided uh, series of stretches um, much better than, than I will do in person as I do it on the machine so well, I'm going to start off, I'm just going to tighten my straps a tiny bit but they're still loose so I'm going to start off with hamstrings so I've got my straps loose so that my ankles are at 90 degrees or you get what I mean, my feet are at 90 degrees to my legs hands in the air and fold forwards that's important to fold forwards here, okay? you're not rounding your lower back to create this stretch you're not slumping down your head towards your shins you fold forwards, okay? and that's what, in fact I'm just doing that that's what creates the kind of the tension for you to be able to get this stretch in and then where you have your toes pointing how you have your heels planted whether you have a slight bend to your knees whether you're sitting on the back of the seat or the front of the seat how much you're folded forwards whether you're touching your toes all these things can change where that stretch comes from on your hamstrings okay do glutes next so one leg on the rail other foot comes over the top of your knee and into the crook of your knee push this knee across your body hold it in place with your other arm 
put your other hand on the back of the machine and spin away, okay? So you're kind of rotating through your knee coming across your body and your shoulders are then kind of moving the other way around. And that rotation then puts a stretch into your glutes. That backhand is of course stabilizing you, but it's also like the, the anchor that you're rotating into in order to get that stretch. I'll show you as I uh, swap legs. I do wonder, whee, there we go. I do wonder how this goes down on the podcast because obviously you can't see what I'm doing. So I wonder how many people make it this far through the podcast. Um, because maybe they just stretch anyway and they're just like, I'm just like, wah, 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 wah. just white noise to them while they're doing some kind of stretching. And all it is is just duration at the end of the podcast that kind of, they're like, you know what, I'll just listen to the ramblings that he's saying while I do whatever I want to stretch wise. It's perfectly fine. As long as you're stretching, I don't care. So quads next. Flick that foot up against your backside and hold on to the monitor just to steady yourself at first. <laughs> and then how you... If you, again, posture is important here. If you can have a nice posture, straight line down through your shoulders to your hips, into your knee, it then becomes a matter of how you, much you pull that foot up against your backside, whether you are fight, oops, fighting against it um, with your knee or pushing your hip forward. But the important thing here is that it's your quads that get the stretch, okay? That this isn't about going into your hip flexors. Hip flexors we're gonna do next. And I'm gonna try into the hip flexors in a way that you don't have to get that knee down in the ground. Chris Barrow sent me a message today on the YouTube, one of the YouTube videos, the last one in fact, and said, try this. So let's try it. So normally I put the back knee down in the ground, but this time, so go into a lunge. So your knee is slightly over your toes or over your ankle at least. And then your back leg, keep your foot on the ground, bend the knee slightly and then push the hip forwards. Okay, so you're, you can see I've still got a bend to my back knee. I'm coming forwards, the hips pushing in. It's like I'm lunging more into my left leg. Um, this takes quite a, quite a amount of force into that leg that's lunging forwards, of course. So it's maybe quite handy from that point of view. But I can feel the stretch up in my hip flexor. So I think it was Grace that was asking about this. Try this, Grace. So lunge, let's see if this is any better. Lunge and then with a good posture, yeah, get that hip forwards on the other side. I'll steady myself on the monitor. But it does definitely, that kind of holding this kind of almost isometric squat point as you're, or not squat, isometric lunge as you're doing it, does put quite a lot of force through that leg. So maybe play with the angles, think about how much you're putting that back leg down, work out what's best for you. So maybe don't do it. I'd suggest if you're gonna try that, try and experiment. After this session, work out what works best for you in terms of angles, but it definitely does stretch your hip flexor, so it is a solution without you having to get that knee down on the ground. So, right, what's next? Shoulders. So, hand across your body, and again, you're pulling against it with the other arm to kind of increase that stretch, and maybe just a little slight rotation towards that shoulder as well, just to try and increase the amount you're getting in there. Your shoulder should not be getting that bigger. Uh, workout during rowing, but they will get a workout, so it's still important, especially, I mean, the session I did yesterday in the garden, I was wearing a vest, and it's quite apparent, even on my puny little arms, it's quite apparent what happens to your shoulders, so if you if you haven't watched it yet, check out week two session one of this 1k plan, and go into the main session of, of me rowing, and you'll see 
as I take, in the, yeah, for the main session, but as I take that power, you'll see the, what muscles I have are engaged and kind of bracing against the power of the stroke. So although I'm not shrugging and using my shoulders, they're still powering, they're still part of that power, which is why we still need to stretch our shoulders. Forearms, woof. Now forearms shouldn't, again, really take that much work when you're rowing, okay? It, it's often just down to when you're really trying to squeeze out that extra bit of power. Um, so like in a 1K row, when I'm going absolute full guns, my forearms hurt because I am up at a high rate and it's, I'm, I'm pushing with the legs and I'm kind of, I'm, I don't want to say I'm pulling with the arms, but there's more force coming from my arms um, even through that leg drive so that I can get the stroke rate up and I can get all that power in there. Again, if it was real rowing, if I was on a boat, I'd be in the water. But for a 1K absolute eye bulging, everything's going, it, you can squeeze a little bit of power out of it. But I wouldn't do it at a 2K or anything like that. Or certainly not like a 5K or anything. Um, what's next? Oh, biceps. Are we done? I think so. Hands behind you. And then rotate your thumbs outwards. And then that's you thumbing for a, <laughs> thumbing for a lift while you're ski jumping. Ooh, taxi. And this stretches your, the long head of your biceps, which will be what gets used just as you finish in at the back of the stroke. There's an element of biceps that gets brought into it. But again, you should be, your technique should be that most of the power is coming from your lats, from your back as you finish in. As you come like this, then it's your lats that are taking it. Yes, your biceps will get engaged, as will your delts and your forearms and stuff. But really the point of coming, getting wrist flat, elbows through your sides, is that your lats, which are massive and powerful and fit, they then take the bulk of the power of your stroke, okay? Right, there we go. So that's me done. That's me got through the stretching. I'm sure I missed one of them, but I'm sure if you know what it was, then you'll have seen him do it and go, hi, you idiot, and you can let me know what one it was. Although I will see in the edit suite what it was, but anyway. I hope you enjoyed it. This is just a low-intensity row, and I, um, yeah, I should maybe just start going back to just telling stories instead of having these massive rants about keeping your pace down and, and the importance of technique and stuff. Maybe I'll do that in session four. Maybe I'll think of a story I can tell you, a rowing story. Here's my story, a very special story. That's a nativity song. Huh, let's pop right in. It's funny how that happens. Um, yeah, that's a song from the, the kids' nursery um, nativity that I haven't been to for about, ooh, four years? Yeah, Pfft, just say, it's a story, and it just bounces into my head like that. Yeah, maybe it's just age. <laughs> I've just got all this rubbish in my head. Um, yeah. So anyway, there we go. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed. Sorry, back on track. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, let me know uh, in the comments below whether, I mean, 36 minutes worth of rowing regardless, okay? Whether you go fast, whether you go slow, it's going to be, you're going to get a nice workout where, hey, I've had a great day out. It's whether you have a focus in terms of performance plans, whether you're on this 1K plan and you're trying to improve your 1K time. If you hit that one too hard, you're not going to be able to have the energy to be able to hit to improve your 1K plan. If you just came in and thought, you know what, I want to do 12 minutes and listen to that guy ramble for a while. I'm just going to go do this as fast as I want. And then who knows what's going to come up. Then you can roll that however fast you want. You can do that at max power if you want. But if you're doing this within part of the plan, that's why we go max sessions and bottom sessions okay and never should they meet okay you don't want to kind of like get closer and closer by going the bottom one's a little bit too high and the top one's a little bit too slow okay you want to make sure that they are okay right so uh yeah say hi in the comments or whatever <laughs> um yeah and uh i'll uh yeah and i will see you in week two session three uh which will be another kind of top end session so uh 
Oh, um, hashtag, what was I? What's my, uh, where, where am I? Oh, you can see I'm rubbing my eyes from the, pre- from the pressure of it all of having to think up of a, I should really think of hashtags first, but again, this is the danger of, in fact, let's have that script, hashtag script, because I should really just think, or at least I have a couple of like bullet points that I can think about rather than kind of ranting over this. So just, yeah, hashtag script or need a script or script editor or whatever. Yeah, uh, thanks for putting up with me. I really do appreciate it. I mean, there's other guys out there that are a damn sight more professional than me. <laughs> but, but to be fair, you pay them. You don't pay me. So yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's the yin and the yang. Get it for free, put up with me. Pay for someone. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, I will see you in another video, whether it's this one or another one or whatever, or whether you just get in touch by email and say hello or whatever, then I will I'll hopefully see you or you'll see me or something will happen. Until then, take care, be well. Bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.